We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Welcome to the regular season finale of the NFC East Feast, 17 weeks down, just one to go. Uh, Before we get into the division, I just wanted, um, as a podcast, as the East Feast family, send our thoughts and prayers to Damar Hamlin, his family, his friends, and the entire Bills Mafia. Such a scary scene on Monday night, but there's been very encouraging news um, the past 24 hours. He even wrote to the doctors john i'm sure you saw um you know who won the game which is which is so awesome and and they wrote you one tomorrow you won you won the game of life so i just wanted to say a few nice words about him because i know it's been on everybody's mind this week absolutely man super happy to see the positive news coming out of there scary yes. scary situation yeah that was terrifying but but it looks it looks like we're trending in the right direction so prayer, prayers for Demar. and let's get into the nfc east um we are going to start with uh the final thursday night football game of the year which was last week Saw the Dallas Cowboys go into Nashville and come out with uh, not the most pretty win, I'd say, uh, 27 to 13. So they do cover the spread. But my goodness, Dak Prescott throws two more interceptions. And despite missing five games this year with the thumb injury, he is tied for the league <laughs> lead in picks. Not good, man. Uh, Tony Pollard was out in this game, so we never really got the running game going. Zeke uh, was sluggish. Uh, Malik Davis, our undrafted rookie out of Florida, actually brought uh, a little zest to the offense. Uh, but to me, this game was was all about the defense. We were out there forcing turnovers. Micah Parsons is playing with the club on his hands. Um, so I, I love to see the, the spirit there. C.D. Lamb, another 11 catches for 100 yards. No, just uh, continue to be impressed with him and his emergence. Uh, I mean, the, the Titans are starting Josh Dobbs, first career start, and he, he brought a little spark to their offense. Uh, but they the Titans have the most injuries um, in the NFL. The fact that they were even in this game, I think, uh, just goes to show uh, how good of a coach Mike Vrabel is and the nasty weather that was out there in Nashville, I think, played into it, too. But I'll take it. Um, it. It's a win. And now we get kind of a mini bye week um, going into uh, week 18. John, how about you? Yeah, man, that was, uh, I, I don't know. I'm pretty, uh, if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm pretty happy with that. It was a definitive win. I know that they're banged up, but we've said a couple of different times throughout the um, throughout the season, these are the, these are the games where the Cowboys kind of need to assert their dominance and show yes. that, they, that they can be, you know, a dominant force moving into the playoffs. And, so yeah, I think you got to be at least happy uh, with the um, the spread uh, of the the final score. Um, oh, man, again, Dak, like with the with the two picks, it doesn't look good, right? It's like the numbers are high. I get it, but one of those was another one of those plays where a wide receiver, right? It was just tip ball. Com- 
not even a tip ball. He's just had multiple where it's like in the bread basket and then like weird maneuver and it ends up tipped or like launched up into, into a, you know, defender's hand. So I get it. Interceptions. It's a, it's a damning stat for, you know, for quarterbacks, but they just, they're not all equal. Um, and so, yeah, it sucks on the stat line, but you guys still come out with a, with a, with a win. The performance outside of the two interceptions. Awesome. Right. CD lamb gets his hundred, hundred yards. Um, as far as Dak is concerned, I meant awesome. Like you yeah. said, Zeke, 1.9 yards per carry, <laughs> whatever. Um, I don't know. I, Joshua Dobbs on the flip side, I thought that was uh, a, a good performance for a backup quarterback against a aggressive, you know, Cowboys defense. But yeah, kudos to the Cowboys. They did what they needed to do. And now leading into next week, you guys put yourself in a good position, right? Yes. No, it'll be exciting. Um I know it's not a part of the podcast, guys, but speaking of Joshua Dobbs, uh, Saturday night this week for uh, my AFC South fans, uh, we get a Saturday night special. The the Titans, uh, in, led by Joshua Dobbs, will play the Jaguars in what's uh, going to be an AFC South title game. So we get we get a treat there for uh, for our football nice. fans. I'm super pumped about that. It's funny you you brought that up because uh, I don't know why I just like I like Jacksonville this year, and I feel like me too. I feel like they were so crappy last year, and they had to deal with all of the. Uh, Urban Meyer drama that like yes. I, I kind of just want to see them do all right and make the playoffs. So me, me too. Yeah, I think we're all rooting for for Trevor in that game. So that, that'll be fun. Um, back to this game on the Titans. I want to shout out both interceptions that Jack threw were to uh, uh, Kevin Byard, former All Pro yeah. safety on Tennessee. I saw a stat during the game. He I think since 2017 is tied for the league lead in interceptions with Xavier Howard on the Dolphins. So he's he's the heart and soul of that of that Titans defense. And uh, for my Cowboys, great to see uh, George Van Riper's lookalike Dalton Schultz uh, get into the end zone uh, two times. Two Not touchdowns for Dalton twice. Schultz. Yeah, so good to see him show some rapport with Dak. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, like I said, not the prettiest win, but we're 12-4. and four And and, yeah. and that, that sounds pretty damn good to me. I, I agree. Uh, but now I want to go to Sunday where all of our hopes were crushed uh, all year. We've been talking. We wanted all four teams in the division. We got three, but John, your commanders uh, had their season foiled by the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you, you quoted it before the podcast. You, you said it yourself last week. Maybe Carson Wentz will come in and throw three interceptions and blow the whole thing up. And boy, <laughs> did he ever uh, commander Carson threw three picks. On the other side, uh, Deshaun Watson didn't have like an explosive game, only completed nine passes, but three of those nine were for touchdowns. Two of those touchdowns were a, a familiar face of the NFC East. Amari Cooper had uh, only three catches, but 100 yards, two touchdowns. The Browns do just enough to get the win in Washington and spoil the debut of Major Tutty, um, the uh, over- <laughs> overweight. <laughs> Why do they have to make the pig so fat? I don't, that's that's what I don't understand. Pigs are fat, man. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. He's a fat pig. And uh, John, tell me, tell me about you. You know your your season uh, outlook on the Commanders after now they're they're going to be going home. Yeah, dude. I mean, obviously it's a bummer. It's uh, it's not what you wanted to see. Um, but. It's funny you say that the Cleveland Browns dashed all of our hopes and dreams for all four teams to make the playoffs, but I think that Ron Rivera and Carson Wentz dashed our hopes oh. and dreams. I mean, it, the Cleveland Browns, they scored the magic number, right? 24 points. We talked about that before. That Our defense held, on average, roughly that amount. 
we can't score. We can't score that with Heineke, and we most certainly can't score it with Carson, apparently. I mean, I just think it was the wrong decision now in retrospect, and hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But, like, we talked about it, a little bit about it pre-pod. Like, I don't know what, what advantage was gained there. I mean, I think maybe we all kind of were just hoping one last glimmer of hope that the old Carson Wentz could return. But he's clearly kind of – I think he's made his bet at this point. Like, yeah. I'm not I'm not sure Carson Wentz starts uh, for any other teams in the NFL moving forward. Uh, you know, what really bothers me about it, though, is like a- after marinating on the on the loss for the week, what's most frustrating isn't necessarily even the whole total performance of the team. I think we had a lot of, you know, kind of um, important players miss the game because of injury. Antonio Gibson's out. Um uh, Jonathan uh, Allen goes out with an injury in the middle of the game. And then also uh, one of our best linebackers, as well as Cam Curl, our favorite safety. All these guys are out. Like there's plenty of things you can point to, to say why we didn't pull that win off. What's the most frustrating is that we figured out a way essentially to make this season as mediocre and as detrimental as possible to our future. <laughs> And it's like (laughs) at the beginning of the season, I was optimistic, but there's always that kind of like that, that like little bug in your mind that with Washington, we're going to screw ourselves out of a decent draft pick. But then there's ups and downs throughout the season where at some points you're like, Hey, maybe we can make the playoffs. You know, we were at that point just two short weeks ago. And now we're like, literally put ourselves in the worst position looking forward for the next year. So that's what's most frustrating, honestly, not necessarily even the loss, but Cleveland looked all right. Uh, I think Deshaun kind of got himself back into, um, you know, quarterback mode. There were some boneheaded plays on his end too. Um, but I think that was probably a good warm up game for them. And if you're Cleveland, you gotta be, you gotta be happy about that. Um, they're not going anywhere either. So I don't really have much more to say about this game. Uh, Nick Chubb ran the ball well, only 14 carries, but I got over 100 yards. So he was averaging almost seven and a half per carry. And uh, you said it before the podcast, uh, not only does Carson Wentz have to take uh, the blame on this, but head coach Ron Rivera, he pulled the trigger. I don't know if you guys win the game if Taylor Heineke is in there, but I bet it's closer than 14. I'll take that spread. Um, And uh, the scene after the game where Ron Rivera is asked by the reporter, you know, um, because if the Packers would have won, which they obviously did, they'd be eliminated. He just looked clueless up there behind the mic. Oh, we can be eliminated. And maybe he really knew it just in the moment. um, It was just slipped his mind. Yeah. I I don't know if you did you see his response when they asked him why that was his answer or if he did, in fact, know. I actually didn't. I I liked his counter response. He basically he said, he, said was... he he didn't plan on losing that game. In his mind, there was no other scenario. So, and and I kind of respect that because ultimately, we knew we had to win that game at least to even make a, a push against the against the Cowboys this week to right. continue our playoff hopes. So it's like win that game. That's all that matters, right? Like who cares what all these other teams do? And and we couldn't go out and win that game. We couldn't go out and beat the six and nine. Cleveland Browns, like, pack it up. Yeah. That's it. Go you on. get uh, – they are who we thought they were. And the yeah. the, the commanders well, will uh, head to the offseason. Yeah, and the weirdest thing about the offseason, right, is, like, I don't even know how to necessarily comment on what's going to happen because of the 
the tumultuous situation with our owner, right? Like this could be the last season that Dan Snyder owns the team. And if that's the case, he's not likely to fire or maneuver any coaches or positions. Right. So it's kind of probably going to end just stale. So yeah, I think congrats, the first commanders ship, fans. The first ship that will fall, we'll talk about your we'll new be major tutty. He'll be gone. <laughs> your first ship <laughs> will fall. I think this off season will be deciding who the quarterback is going forward. As we do the preview for week 18, we'll talk about who your uh, who will be under center for you guys. And I think that's kind of exciting. Uh, but let's move on uh, with our preview of Week 17, uh, recap, excuse me, and talk about a team that did get a big win that clinched a playoff spot, which gives us now three out of the four teams. That's the New York Giants. Uh, one of the best performances I've seen from the Giants all year. Uh, I was pounding the table last week saying I thought that the Giants were, were going to win by more than 10 points, and, and they had my back. The, the Colts, as we spoke about last week, they've been known to give some good teams uh, tough games. Uh, but, man, the Giants' defense... Uh, they they came ready to play. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau's getting a little bit of heat in the media this week uh, as Nick Foles was laying down on the ground, thriving in pain. Kayvon was doing snow angels next to him. He claims he didn't know. Jeff Saturday's calling him trash. I don't know. All I know is Kayvon Thibodeau is a tremendous rookie, and he's living Beast. up to all expectations. Yeah. Uh, but on the offensive side, uh, Daniel Jones goes, uh, let's see, 19 for 24. 19 for 24, that's 79% completion percentage. Two tutties. Two tutties? (coughs) Excuse me. Leads the team in rushing, has 91 rushing yards. That's the kind of game that makes the Giants a viable playoff team. When you hold Daniel Jones to only 24 attempts, he completes a high percentage, doesn't turn the ball over, and could use his legs. That's when he, I'd say, is an above-average NFL starting quarterback. But he just doesn't do it every week. Pretty sure did it last week. And uh, you said uh, there was a moment there between Brian Dable and Daniel Jones that makes you think if if they don't get their guy in the offseason, maybe you could see Daniel coming back because let's face it, they, they went to the playoffs with him despite not having a winning record um, for several years in a row. I shouted him out last week from Riverview High School here right out here in Sarasota. Richie James Jr. leads the team with seven catches, 76 yards, gets in the end zone with a touchdown. The Giants are just finding guys to make plays. Isaiah Hodgkins, Hodgins gets in the end zone. Our guy Daniel Bellinger had a few catches. So they're using these uh, little-known players, but they're stepping up, making enough plays. And the Giants score 38 points. Uh, so wow. they got to have some momentum. Uh, we'll talk about their Week 18 game here soon. I think they might rest some starters because they are locked in that sixth playoff position. We'll see where they uh, end up traveling to for the wild card round. But I'm very impressed with the Giants. How about you? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I think that looking at the Colts stat sheet, there's nothing to take away from what the Colts did here. Um, I think obviously from an offensive standpoint, the the Giants did a great job locking them up, um, you know, defensively. Um, yes. And then we, you already kind of talked about the offense. Um, some surprise performances. Definitely surprised that they put up 38 points. That's got to be the highest total they put up all year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Daniel Jones thing is going to be interesting. I think this team is now moving into the playoffs. Obviously, we'll talk about what what we think is going to happen this week, but they've cemented a playoff spot. And I, that's not a team I want to play in the playoffs. Nope. Uh, they, they seem to be, I mean, they, they're getting one of their most decisive victories over uh, a lowly team. They're just, you know, kind of heating up at the right time. We've seen the Giants teams in the past do this before too. So 
Um, kudos to the Giants. You made the playoffs in the first year of Dayball, and I feel like they could give somebody fits in the wild card round and even maybe possibly move on to the next round. Yeah, they got some some guys on defense really making plays. Um, familiar guys. Sexy in the, Dexy. Sexy Dexy gets another sack. We talked about Thibodeau. Uh, Xavier McKinney returned from this game. Remember, guys, he had the ATV accident, hurt his hand. He came back at seven tackles. Jalen Smith, a long-lost cowboy, led the team in tackles in this game. And your old friend, the humble one, Landon Collins, returns oh. an interception, 52 yards. He's showing he's still got some some, uh, some gas left in the heart, tank. Well, Landon, man. <laughs> the, I don't know how they're doing it, but they're playing well. And like you said, I would not want to play the Giants. We'll see who they match up with um, here um, in a few days uh, after these Week 18 games are done. Let's finish our Week 17 recap with uh, quite the shocking upset. Although uh, Gardner Minshew played, the Eagles had a backup quarterback. Saints go into Philadelphia with a 20-10 to 10, uh, win. Uh, this this was very ugly for Gardner Minshew. I, I was praising him last week. Talked about how on Christmas Eve against the Cowboys, he looked like he was one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the league and that he was going to get a starting job because of this. But my goodness, he'd come crashing back down to earth. 18 for 32, uh, 270 yards, which is okay. Did throw a big touchdown to A.J. Brown, which is so crazy, John. As bad as the Eagles played. A.J. Brown has 97 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Smith goes for 100, 115 yards. It's insane. <laughs> These receivers are still a problem, uh, but they only rushed the ball for 67 yards. Miles Sanders was held to only 12 carries. Not sure why they didn't just run the ball a little more, but yeah. the running game was neutralized. Saints do have a good defense with uh, with Cam Jordan, with Demario Davis. Um, they've got the Honey Badger. So they, they've got some guys over there. And... Uh, the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton, 18 for 22. Very Daniel Jones-like numbers. Uh, and they ran the ball. They pounded it with Cal- Alvin Kamara. And uh, Taysom Hill, the Swiss Army knife, gets 14 carries for them. He does it all. He gets in the end zone with a rushing touchdown. The Saints are just kind of a headache team. They're yeah. not that great at anything, but they're pretty well coached. And they're a physical football team. And they took advantage of, of the Eagles' backup quarterback. And I think this, for all of the Jalen Smith, uh, excuse me, Jalen Hurts doubters out there might cement now in their minds that th- this kid is is very valuable to the Philadelphia Eagles for what he does, not only with his arm, which is, is healing, but with his legs, with his intangibles, and with his leadership. I think if Jalen's in this game, the Eagles might squeak out an ugly like 23-20 to 20 win. The Saints showed up to play. But yeah. they're a different football team with Jalen Hurts going forward. Sounds like he's healthy enough to play, and boy, do they need him after this performance. Still think the Eagles are a quality team. This is probably their worst loss of the year, but at least they got it out of the way before uh, the playoff push. How are you feeling about the upset, John? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the Saints are a team that are in a great position uh, when you're playing a team like the Eagles, right? Because the Eagles are at the top of the, the conference and the Saints have nothing to play for, nothing to lose, right? So they come out, like you said, they're a scrappy team. They've given some other teams fits throughout the season. They play a good game. Um, They catch the Eagles with a backup quarterback, and uh, it's kind of a head-scratcher. Like you mentioned, the Eagles only rushed the ball 14 times outside of a Gardner-Minshew scramble for zero yards, or maybe it might have been a kneel. But, like, what? I mean, I know Gardner-Minshew was slinging the rock around the yard against uh, the Cowboys, but that's not typically the Eagles' – you know, trend to victory, right, even with Jalen Hurts in there. So – Kind of a head scratcher. I don't know if maybe it's because they because they go down early, right? They go down uh, thirteen 
by half. Nothing. They come yeah. out, yeah, they come out scoreless at half. So, uh, but yeah, they they get Jalen back next week. Obviously, we'll talk about that. I agree with you. Definitely, probably one of their. Uh, if this wasn't if this wasn't the worst loss of the year, it was to the Commanders. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I, to your point, the the uh, the talent on the team, Devonta Smith, AJ Brown. Even Goddard, three for forty-five. He's, I mean, yeah, Goddard's back. They got it done, dude. And and uh, that's when you put Jalen in there. He knows how to run that offense well. Like you said, he's a leader. His intangibles and the way that he manages that offense is yep. is obviously, uh, maybe not obviously, but I think some people have undervalued. Yep, I I certainly have not. I'm with you. And to your point, they, they were down 13 nothing. They come out, they score 10 points in the third quarter after the big A.J. Brown touchdown. So so this game is 13-10 in the fourth quarter, and then Gardner Minshew throws the pick six to Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah. That's, how, that's how the Saints end up with the 10-point win. I don't think Jalen Hurts throws that pick six. He's been pretty careful with the football this year. Um, so I think that's the difference, and, and we'll see if, if I'm correct uh, as the Eagles. Yeah. Well, and I Prepare. think you look at you look at that line with Gardner Minshew and having one carry. That's not. Yeah. I don't. I doubt right. there's a game without all the stats in front of me that Jalen Hurts has had one carry this entire season. No, no way. You know he. So that the defensive uh, backfield doesn't have to stay as honest, right? When when there's Very no threat of of the Jalen Hurts rush. So, and the Saints were the Saints were all over him. Demario Davis had. Uh, sack in this game. Uh, Gar- Granderson on them had, had a sack. They had six sacks total. I think some of that may yeah. have to do with Lane Johnson being out. So they definitely need him back for the playoffs. He's a big part of, sure. of what they their, their recipe for success. All right, guys. The power rankings. Uh, they're not changing. The Cowboys have, have inched up to a very close second, and we'll talk about maybe <laughs> they can get, get to number one, but the Eagles are still number one despite the loss. My Cowboys are second. The Giants have cemented themselves at number three and a distant fourth. I'm, I'm sorry, John and Commanders fans. Uh, <laughs> Commanders finished up in the basement. The only team that doesn't make the playoffs. Hey, fourth team in the best division in football ain't too bad. You're right. I, I would put you guys maybe number one in the South. The Bucks are looking pretty good, but I would put you guys three in most divisions, two in some. So it's a respectable fourth place. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to throw something at you, John, before we preview uh, week 18. I did. Yeah, for my, sure. uh, I was going to say my... first, I don't think uh, I, we'll see what happens this week, but if the Cowboys make it to the number one position, it's because they yeah. tripped over the Eagles while they were kneeling down resting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I did my homework today, and I'm going to present to you guys my NFC East awards, okay? I'm going to do MVP, Coach of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, and Defensive Player of the Year. I'm going to start with Coach of the Year. This one is obvious. It's got to go to Brian Dable, taking a franchise that hasn't been to the playoffs since Odell Beckham was taking pictures on a boat, takes them to the playoffs. Very happy to... uh, Broke the curse. Saquon Barkley, I didn't realize this, but he's never been to the playoffs, man. So, so very happy for, for Saquon and the veterans on that team. Finally get to taste the postseason. Brian Dable, Coach of the Year. The Defensive Player of the Year. We're going to stay in New York. I got Sexy Dexy. Dexter Lawrence is the Defensive Player of the Year in the NFC East. Pro Bowler, if I had to guess, he's going to be first or second team All-Pro. Just an absolute menace, um, constantly in the backfield, plays against the run well, plays against the pass well. And he's just a fun guy, a leader on that team. So sexy, Dexy, defensive player of the year. Offensive player of the year, I'm going to go a little bit homer on this, guys, and I'm going to go co-offensive player of the year. I got C.D. Lamb and Tony Pollard. 
This is the reason that the Cowboys were able to stay afloat when Dak Prescott was hurt for those five weeks. Despite the underwhelming performance of Ezekiel Elliott throughout the year, Tony Pollard is probably, if he plays this week, which I think he will have a thousand yards, first time in his career. And C.D. Lamb, um, 90 catches, over 90. He's got 94, 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns, career highs in all three of those. Really stepped up after Amari Cooper um, left uh, via the trade. So I'm going homer there with uh, co-offensive player of the year is Tony Pollard, C.D. Lamb, and NFC East MVP. I think Gardner Minshew's performance showed it. Jalen Hurts might be the MVP of the league. Probably not because they're going to give it to Mahomes, I would say, probably deserves it. But in this division, it's Jalen Hurts. The leadership, the intangibles, I talked about it, what he does with his arm, what he does with his legs, what he does in the podium, and what he does Monday through Friday at practice. That kid's a dog, and uh, I think he deserves it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy that you went there. I didn't know where you were going. That's <laughs> the MVP. Um, no, I uh, your your co uh, offensive players of the year. I think if you if you wouldn't if you weren't putting Jalen in as the NFC East MVP, I think yeah. he would obviously take the offensive player. I, I think agree. he could make. I think he could make a case for AJ Brown, dude. Yeah, AJ Brown has played a, that's a good stellar, call. stellar, stellar year. I think it's easy for you because you've seen how far CD Lamb came. Yes, yeah. you know as a player over the last couple of years and where you wanted him to be. But AJ Brown was talented at the Titans. He was not doing this with the Titans. He has yeah. taken leaps and bounds and, and looked like a stud um, in that Eagles offense. I do like the sexy Dexy. I would, I think I would add though, co a co defensive player of the year. You got to continue to give Micah Parsons credit, man. He's just, yeah, he's had a phenomenal true. season. I think that, Dexter Lawrence, you look at, again, kind of his rise is what kind of shines in your eye, right? So you're like, yeah, but man, Micah has stayed steady. He's played through injury. Um, and he's just, he's a leader of, of freaking men, dude. He does a great job with that Cowboys defense. I think you added two great names on that. So we're going to go honorable mention uh, uh, for Micah Parsons on the defensive side and A.J. Brown on the offensive side. Both of those guys, probably everybody we just talked about will be on the all-pro team. So there's, there's a lot yeah. of talent in this division, man. A lot of ta- n- Nobody on Washington made that list, but guys like Cam Curl, uh, Jonathan Allen, McLaurin. They easy, e- Terry McLaurin can easily, easily be on that list as well. And if I had to give a rookie of the year, I'm giving it to Brian Robinson just because of what the kid overcame. I mean, he has some yeah, really or nice Jahan games. Dotson. I mean, both of them got Jahan injured the and didn't play through the whole season. But, yeah, I would agree. Either one of them I'd be I'd rookie of the year offensively. Yeah, excited to see where those guys step up um, in their sophomore seasons. Uh, but let's get into it, guys. The last week of the year, week 18. Uh, let's start where we left off with the Giants. Uh, the Giants are going to be playing the Eagles, as I said, with Jalen Hurts. I'm, I'm happy the Eagles are getting Jalen back in action in this game. They could hold him out for another week, well, possibly two weeks, um, if they get the bye week. But I believe that they need to get him back in, the, in there just to get some continuity back with the offense. They had some confidence coming off of an ugly game where you only put up seven points against the Saints. The Giants are 14-point dogs in this game. So Jalen Hurts hasn't officially been ruled that he's going to play. All signs that I've been reading on the Eagles blogs all week is that he is going to play in this game. Not um, He's questionable officially. The Giants have a few injuries. Uh, Leonard Williams, Adoree Jackson. But what I've heard in the Giants' side of the game is that they may, they may rest some starters. They may bring like almost like a preseason style game, like start the game with all of their guys, 
give them a couple series and then pull them um, because they're locked up. As, as I said, in that number 60, they don't want to risk hurting their guys, especially someone like Saquon Barkley, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Kayvon Thibodeau. So I think this is like two teams that are going to have two different game plans. The, the Eagles want to get something going, get some momentum going, and they got something to play for. If the Eagles lose this game, guys, and the Dallas Cowboys win, Cowboys win the division. So the Eagles have something to play for. The Giants do not. Their big week was last week. Therefore, I'm going to say the Eagles don't cover the spread, but they win by double digits. I'm going to go Philadelphia 31-20 to 20 in this game, and I think Jalen Hurts gets back on track. And as, a, as we said, those two big receivers are going to have a game as well. Yeah, man, uh, I love that it always the NFL does such a good job with the schedule that they get this down to two division games at the end of the year. Like, what more could you ask for? Um, big stakes where games, you know, could decide the division, like you just said. So I think obviously, like you said, Philly does have something to play for. Looking back at their first matchup when the Giants were actually trying, because they may, like as you mentioned, they may sit some starters and they may not. Uh, take this on as a uh, as a legit uh, you know contest. Yes, they got beat by twenty six points. So if Philly cares at all to play this game, yeah, they should have no problem with the Giants. Apparently, um, especially like you said with Jalen Hurts, I I, could, I completely agree with you. Like getting him uh, in the game, getting his feet wet, um, kind of giving him a little bit of confidence in that shoulder. Um, all of that is important heading into the playoffs with them and trying to con- to hold on to that that number one seed, right? Because right now they hold it, um, and, and that's a precious thing, especially with the injuries that they have. So how they navigate that will be uh, interesting to see. Um, if the game gets out of control, I could see Philly resting starters if they have a decent yeah. lead. Um, but, yeah, if you're the Giants, I agree with you. I think preseason style, maybe start the game, do a quarter, quarter and a half with your starters, see how things are going. Whether you're getting dominated or you're – you know, you look all right. There's re- really no reason to play guys like Saquon, um, especially with the, the load that he's had all season long. That guy deserves a rest. I agree. Um, man, I really coming into this, I really just didn't know how to pick this game. Um, but the more and more we've talked about it, I definitely think that the Eagles um, take this one. I think that they probably do cover the spread too, to be honest. But after seeing just 26 points that they won by last time, yeah. Um, so I'll go. Uh, I think I'll go twenty-eight to thirteen. All right. So just Eagles. just barely a cover. Just barely. Yep. Yeah, I think we're both we're both on on the Eagles there to uh, to reassert their dominance in the division and clinch that number one seed. A, a couple weeks ago, it didn't look like they were going to have to you know fight all the way to week eighteen to get it. And man, does that bring hope now to my Dallas Cowboys who are traveling to the nation's capital to face their arch rival, the Washington Commanders. And man, does that loss that I witnessed a couple weeks ago to Jacksonville really sting even more. Uh, we could have you know, had a situation where we controlled our own destiny um, to get the, the uh, number one seed in the NFC and, and clinch that back-to-back NFC East title. I think dude, it goes back at least 10 years, the last time uh, there's been a back-to-back winner in our division, oh, yeah. the Cow- Cowboys won last almost, year. I think it's almost two decades at this point. Yes, yeah, wild. And if I had to guess, it's going to keep going, and the Eagles are going to get it done. But I like my Cowboys' chances against the Commanders uh, because, um, as we're going to talk about, you guys are doing the right thing and starting the fifth-round rookie out of North Carolina, Sam Howell. you got to see how he looks in that offense. Um, Carson Wentz, we saw how he looked last week. We don't want to see him back under center. <laughs> 
And Heineke, there's enough film on him. And Sam Howell is is the only quarterback on your roster that is under contract at the start of next year. So you got to know what you got with him. And even even if you move forward in the offseason, maybe bring in somebody like a Derek Carr, or you go in the draft and get somebody. You got to know where Sam Howell sits on that depth chart. Is he going to enter training camp as a starting quarterback? Is he going to compete with a rookie? We'll see. Um, But I, I like Sam Howell. North Carolina... I thought he he moves very well. He's elusive in the pocket and not the strongest arm, but I think he's accurate with the football. So I'm excited to see what he does with a pretty good set of weapons. You know, when you when you get um, B-Rob behind you, Logan Thomas and that trio wide receivers, as we always talk about, Curtis Samuel, Jahan, the Don and Terry McLaurin, he's going up against a tough defense in Dallas. But I, I be, the Cowboys are a seven point favorite. So it's like Vegas is kind of hating on uh, the Giants by two touchdowns. They're giving you guys some respect. You're at home. But I expect the Cowboys, as they should, uh, to treat this as just a regular game. They're not going to rest their starters because there's there's hope. Um, yeah. and, I, and I love how the NFL made both of these games. They, they adjusted the schedule. Both of mm-hmm. them are at 430. They did not want the Eagles and Giants to play at 1 o'clock and have the Cowboys know that there's no chance that they can win right. the division. And then pull their starters. No, they're going to make the Cowboys play for all 60 minutes. <laughs> and that's what, that's what I want to see. I want to see Dak Prescott not turn the ball over in this game. I want to see Tony Pollard run because I want to see that that thigh is healthy heading into the playoffs. And my pass rush, I, it's it's uh, it's been a little stale the past couple of weeks. You know, we were leading the NFL in sacks. The 49ers have overtaken us. So I'd like to see uh, Demarcus Lawrence, Sam Williams, Dorrance Armstrong, um, who else? Micah Parsons, of course, and Dex, uh, Dante Fowler. I like to see some of those guys get in the backfield and get some sacks on the rookie quarterback. Um, Nashawn Wright got his first <clears throat> career interception last week against Tennessee. Maybe Nashawn. Uh, it definitely won't be Boss Man Fat. That guy's a bust. Uh, maybe Duran <laughs> <laughs> Duran Bland. Somebody on the Cowboys. Um, just instill some confidence for Mike McCarthy going into the playoffs. But I'll say the Cowboys cover the spread here. I got Dallas twenty-seven to seventeen. How about you? Yeah, I mean, uh, you said a lot there, obviously, about Washington and and where things go moving forward. That's kind of one of the, the like again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Right now, knowing what I know now, I wish I, I wish we would have had more film on Sam Howell. I wish yeah. that we would not have started Carson last week. It kind of makes me nervous that they felt like they needed to go back to Carson. Because if, if you really, truly believe that Heineke wasn't the guy to win that game in Cleveland, I'm not sure, again, in hindsight, that Carson Wentz was the guy. But yeah. if, if you're not confident enough that Sam Howell, you know, is ready to kind of get his feet wet, I don't know. How much confidence do you have in the late round draft pick? I mean, he did fall to five. I mean, I don't know. I'm happy to see. I'm happy that we do get we do get a, a game out of him that we can get some tape on. He's going to have to play against a very stout defense, uh, a defense that's kind of cut their teeth all year long. Um, you know, against good teams. Obviously, our division's good, but you guys have played some tough opponents, so he can move a little bit. I watched some of his highlights uh, the last day or so, and uh, so he's not a statue like Carson. So hopefully, he avoids some of those those precious sacks that you want um, to see from the defensive side of the ball. And, and, uh, yeah, I want to see him take advantage of some weapons. I mean, our, our style of win is obviously in the run game, right? But I don't see any reason why, like, obviously you want to game plan, uh, as much of a balanced game plan as you can, 
but we have nothing to win here, right? So I I expect to see Sam Howell slinging the ball around a little bit, right? Um, so your Cowboys on the flip side, um, you guys obviously have something to play for, as you mentioned. Me and I, me and you were breaking it down in detail pre-pod. You know, the Eagles lose and the 49ers lose, and you guys have the number one spot if you beat the Commanders. Yeah. So you've got something to play for. That's huge. Um, it would be the first time, like you said, in a long time that anybody double uh, – uh, return, uh, ter- sorry, a return winner for the division, um, but it would also put you guys in the number one seat. I mean, that that would be incredible. Um, I would like to see, for you guys' sake, like you said, it'd be nice to see Tony Pollard and them get in rhythm, but I want to see Dak put together a nice game. I, I want, as for you as a Cowboys fan, I want Dak to put together a nice game so that you can go into the playoffs, no matter what seed you are, feeling confident, right? Because I think that's what a lot of people want to see. Dak has been somewhat of a roller coaster this year. He's given you some like heartbreaking stuff, but he's also led you guys in a couple of victories. So build confidence here, Dak. Build confidence in your fandom. Build confidence in your team that you can take control of the offense. The defense is going to do what they need to do for you guys. I'm pretty, I think most people would be fairly confident with that. Dak, put together a freaking game. The, the Washington defense is no slouch, so this is a good opponent. If you put together a pretty decent win, you know, he's going to have a lot of confidence moving forward into the playoffs. Uh, I do take your Cowboys to win. For some reason, I just feel like it's going to be kind of a wonky game, though, so I don't know if I'm going to take you guys to cover. I have the Cowboys 24-20. to 24-20? All right. Uh, before we let Luds make his pick, John, I wanted to share with the audience uh, a tweet that you sent uh, to us and. <laughs> Because it's just fantastic. And it goes something like this. How fitting would it be if indeed Dan Snyder's last game as owner is at a home game in his decrepit, rotted, rotting stadium engulfed in Cowboys blue with his handpicked brand nobody wanted, the result of decades destroying the previous one, getting obliterated by their hated rival? Yeah, so eloquently put. would be poetic justice, man. And, and honestly, Dan Snyder deserves all of that awfulness and more in my opinion so so long dan i agree all right guys well jay luds uh could not be here um he's on daddy duty as always father of the year luds we love you um his record so far this year 28 and 25 that's where he stands right now and as you guys know do the math there's only two games this week so even if he loses both of them which i'm sure he won't Luds has clinched a season over 500. So that's three straight years. He's over 500 in the East Feast. Congratulations, Luds. Take us home with your Week 18 picks. Week 18, final week of the season. It's been a grind. I love you guys. I'm here to bring the uh, content here on the last week. I'm sure B will go over my uh, my final record here going into the last week of the season. Uh, I'm hoping to uh, to end on a winning record. I know I did last year, uh, barely got over 500, but uh, I'm improving, guys. I'm improving. This year, I'm a little farther above 500, so hopefully I can keep it that way. Uh, first game, guys, this week, uh, it's kind of a short week, as you guys know, you know, two two um, divisional clashes in these games, uh, so not many games to talk about, but we got Dallas at Washington. You know, Washington had a pretty good up-and-down season. Uh, I wouldn't say it was bad, but I wouldn't say it was great. You know, it's kind of hard when you have – you know, multiple quarterbacks starting throughout the season. You know, you got to deal with injuries, so that kind of stuff happens. You know, Dallas has been somewhat um, a powerhouse most of the season. I mean, they've been consistent. Um, I think they're going to keep that consistency coming into the playoffs, depending on who they play. 
Uh, but I do like Dallas on the road this week, guys, to end the season. Uh, give me Dallas minus seven. They're uh, their favorite seven in this game. I got the total score 24-14. Dallas Cowboys. Woo. Next game, uh, New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are 14-point favorites this game, guys. And uh, I, I don't like that spread. I'm taking the Giants plus 14. I'm actually going to take the Giants to win this game, fellas. Whoa! Jay Ludge with the upset going with the G-Men. 23-17 G-Men. Ballsy. It's ballsy. I lost. Sorry, Luz, I lost you. Technical difficulties on my part. Here he's back. I think Philly's sitting pretty. Uh, They may give up that number one seed, depending on how the Dallas games goes, I believe. But, um, you know, they'll probably play tough. But I like the Giants this last week of the season, guys. I'm going with them. Uh, so I got Giants plus 14, 23 to 17 Giants, Dallas minus 7, 24, 14 Dallas. Uh, my upset parlay of the weekend, guys, a couple teams fighting for the playoff spots, man. Give me Dallas, or uh, I'm sorry, give me Miami plus one, phase the New York Jets at home. I know they've been struggling the last few weeks, but um, even without Tua, I think I think they can get it done. They, they got a you know, dangerous enough offense. I think Bridgewater can do well enough to not turn the ball over, and I think they they come away with a victory there. And then my second parlay, I like the Detroit Lions, plus four and a half at Green Bay. Mostly everybody's picking Green Bay this game. They've been hot. They're at home. But I've been on the Lions all season, boys. I think they're a strong team. They can score points. And I think if their defense can play and hold, you know, the Packers – you know, just to, just hold them down a couple drives. If you can stop them on a couple fourth downs and make some big stops, I think they could pull this one out. So, go Lions, go Dolphins. Love you guys. I'll talk to you uh, hopefully next week. I can get on. We can talk a little playoff football, um, and it'll be exciting because I know my Bucks are probably going to be playing either the Eagles or the Cowboys. So, looking forward to that. Uh, talk to you guys next week. Thank you very much, sir, for those picks. I like where he's going with the upset parlay. He's got the the upset Dolphins over the Jets trying to get in the playoffs. And that uh that Lions-Packers game, that's Sunday night football. That'll, that'll be the last regular season game of the year. So if the Seahawks lose earlier in the day, the winner of that game that's will awesome. just, just go right into the playoffs. That's exciting. I'm excited for uh, – I'm with Luds. I, 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 uh, with all due respect to, to Max and all the Packers fans, uh, I, I, uh, I want to see uh, for Dan Campbell, for Jared Goff, for Jamal Williams, these – they're, they're guys that, that are easy to root for. And, man, man, does that franchise uh, deserve something to root for after all of these years of misery. <laughs> <laughs> and, and to recap, uh, so Luds. many years of misery. Bloods is swallowing with the Cowboys, and he's uh, he's pushing it with the Giants. He's got the Giants to win. That might be tough, but who knows? Maybe they don't pull starters, but plus 14 is a lot of points, so I definitely see where Luds' head is at on that. Good luck, Luds, and congrats on the over 500 season. And, guys, that that wraps it up for, uh, for the regular season. We will be back next week with our wild card weekend playoff special. Maybe we can get GVR in the house. I made Jay Ludd's promise to be in the house because it does look like his Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be playing an NFC East team. So that will be exciting. Uh, John, thank you for your contributions on what's been just such such a fun year, man. It's a, It's been great to have Absolutely. you. And uh, for all you guys listening, we hope you've enjoyed. And uh, we cannot wait for the playoffs because although the commanders failed, we still get three teams in. So three of, three, three of these wild card games could possibly be all NFC East teams. One of our teams might get a bye week. We don't know. We'll talk about it next week. On the NFC East. Boo!